daf is Ksubis daf Chaf. We left off toward the bottom of daf Yud Tes Amid Beis. We are at Tan Rabbanon, about eight lines before the end of the page. We're first going to have two different approaches when you have Eide Shtar that aren't there, meaning you don't have Eide Shtar. The Eidim of the Shtar are already dead, but two other people come along and are Mekayim the Shtar, but then they say, and by the way, we happen to know that although this is Ksav Yadam, we happen to know that these Eidim were Psulim at the time that they signed the Shtar. So two approaches to how we deal with such an issue, what the validity of such a star is. Then the Gemara is going to talk about the concept of Hakhasha Shalobifnehem. That's going to flow seamlessly from that first discussion is uh, if you contradict Adim, but the Adim that you're contradicting, the Adim that you're claiming or telling something that was not true are not there. Can such a Hakhasha be effective? And then we're going to talk about being Mekayim Shtaros or, uh, or verifying uh, either signatures or Adus itself just uh, based, on, uh, based on other evidence, based on other shtaros, being Mekayim Ishtar, simply by looking at another shtar that was Mekuyim and comparing the handwriting, or, uh, or saying Eidus, not because you remember the Eidus on your own, but by looking at notes that you had taken, or a shtar that you had written, in order to be able to remember the Eidus. And on is going to have a discussion of a concern for hidden Tumah, meaning at what point, we, uh, where, in which areas do we have to worry that there may be things buried and there may be Tumah hidden, and the reason we're going to get into that discussion because it's going to reveal how long we assume a person remembers Eidus for. That discussion is going to lead us directly into how long we assume people remember things for uh, that is in, in the context of Tumah, but really it applies for, uh, for all contexts of Eidus. And then the mission on the bottom of Avon Beis, which we probably won't get to today, talks about Kiyum Shtaros by the Eidim themselves. The Eidim themselves being a Mekayim Nishtar, instead of having two Eidim come along and tell us that this is Ksav Yadam of the original Eidim, you just have the uh, original Eidim themselves be Mekayim Nishtar, how exactly that works, how, uh, uh, how many Eidim you need in order to be Mekayim Shtar, Al Pi Eidim Atzmam. So let's begin Tan Rabbanan. Says the Brisa, Tan Rabbanan. If you have two people signed on the shtar, but they died, so two other people come from the shuk, and they say, they say, we know that this is definitely the ksavyad of the edim who it's supposed to be, but this uh, we know we also know that at the time that they signed the shtar, they were psuleidus, they were anus, and they're being forced into it, they were ketanim, they were psulim, something like that. They are believed, and we therefore invalidate the the star. But if we have, if we're able to independently verify that this is Ksavyadam, we're able to independently be Mekayim the Shtar, independent of these two Edim that are coming along right now. How do we independently verify? We either we either have other Edim that uh, that this is the Ksavyad, or we're able to be Mekayim the Shtar based on another Shtar that was once questioned and therefore had to be Mekuyim and based in then these Edim that are saying that at the time that these, the star was signed, the Edim who signed the star were Psulim, are not going to be believed. We are going to trust the star. So ask the Gemara, trust the star? You're going to collect with such a star as if it were a perfectly good star? Isn't it just two against two? I mean, you have the two Edim in the star, who obviously their Edus Peshtar suggests 
that they are kosher edim, and now you have two other people coming along and saying that they're not kosher edim. So granted, you don't want to believe the people that are saying that they're not kosher edim because you don't have the pesh or pesh if you're able to independently verify the edus peshtar. But at the very least, it's hakasha. At the very least, it's trey trey. So how are you going to collect money based on a star when you have edus hakasha when you have two contradictory sets of testimony? So the Gemara has two approaches to dealing with this issue. First, Rav Sheshes, then it's going to be Rav Nachman. Amr Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes suggests, Zosa Meres HaChasha Tchilas Hazamahi. Since HaChasha is the beginning of Hazama, it is, the, uh, it is similar to Hazama. The Ritva writes that it doesn't mean it's the beginning of Hazama. It's not. When you, contra- when you have two Edim that contradict each other, it doesn't mean that that's going to lead to Hazama. In fact, it doesn't lead to Hazama usually. The, uh, the Hazama is an entirely different concept. HaChasha is when you contradict the Eidus. Hazama is when you contradict the Eidim, meaning Hachasha, as you say, the two Eidim came and said, Ruven killed Shimon, two other Eidim came and said, no, Ruven didn't kill Shimon. Uh, Hazama is, two Eidim came and said, on Sunday morning, Ruven killed Shimon at, uh, at, at 8 a.m., and two other Eidim came along and said, Sunday morning, you couldn't have known whether Ruven killed Shimon or not, because Imanu Yisim, you were with us somewhere else. Hachasha so is not really Tchilis Hazama. It doesn't mean it's the beginning of the process of Hazama. So he said, what the Gemara means is that there is some comparison between Hachasha and Azama. Because by Hachasha also, we find that according to the, uh, the, the second set of Edim, the first set are a bunch of liars. So even though we're talking about the, the, uh, the, the second set over here said Ketanam Yisem, which doesn't necessarily mean they're liars, it just means that they were Psuli Edus, but still that's saying that there, there was something wrong with the first set of witnesses. So in that way, it's similar to Azama. So why it's similar to Azama? Why does that allow us to, uh, to use this star to collect with. Just like you can't be Mazim Edim unless it's Bifneim, unless they're right there, so too you can't do Akhasha unless the Edim are right there, unless the original Edim are there. Since the original Edim are dead, we can't be Makhish the original Edim, and therefore we have no choice but to trust the Edus Bishtar and ignore the Edim that are coming to Bezdin now, telling us that the Edus Bishtar was possible. They can't say that if the original Adim aren't there to say it in front of their in front of their faces. As uh, Rashi points out, why is it that we can't be Mazim Adim with when they're not there? Because when you're being Mazim Adim, it's not just that Stam we throw the case out. <laughs> when you turn people into Adim Zomin, they're gonna get punished. They get a punishment of Kasha Zamam Lasil So if they were trying to be Machaiv someone else Malkus, they're gonna get Malkus. They were trying to be Machai of someone else Misa, they're gonna get Misa. If you want to impose an onesh on somebody, so that's Xeris Hakasov, the Pasuk says, Vuhuad Bibailov, that Yavabal Ashar, Vyamud al that the person has to the Bailam has to be there. The the person who's gonna who's who's gonna be punished has to be present in order to punish them. So since that's true of Hazama, and Hakasha is not that dissimilar to Hazama, we require it of Hakasha as well, that it only be Bifnehem, that you can only be Machesh if the Edom are there. Amalei Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says that doesn't make much sense though. By Azama, I get it. You're trying to punish them, so you need them to be there. But Ilu Hava Kaman, Umachishinlu, Hava Achasha. If the original Edom were here, and, we, and these two Edom came and said that they were Ketanim or Psulim or whatever, that would be a legitimate Achasha, and we'd throw the Shtar away. We'd not, we would not use the Shtar. We would throw the whole case out. We wouldn't listen to any of these Edom, because it would be Edus Machashas. So now, is it better 
or worse that they're not here. Hashta delesnehu. Now that they're not here, deilu havu lekaman dilmavu modelehu. If they were here, now we can speculate that maybe they would even admit that they were anusim or that they were ketanim or they they might even admit to it if they were here. So shouldn't that make it better? The fact that they're not here. If they're here and they're not, and, and they're, they're, they're saying, it's not true, we were not psulim, we're still going to throw the whole case out, we're not going to trust them that they were, that they were not, that we're not, we're not going to trust the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the first set of Adam, we're going to believe the second set of Adam enough to throw the whole case out. So if they're not here to contradict, and we could always speculate that maybe if they were here, they'd admit and they would say, yes, you, the second set of Adam, are telling the truth. We talk a war on Usim, so then of course we should believe the second set of Adam enough to throw the star out. So how does that make any sense? Asks, asks Rav Nachman on Rav, Rav Sheshes. Rav Nachman is going to suggest a different approach. But before we get to the different approach, this concept that if they were Kaman, if they were here, then maybe they would have been Moda. And if they would have been Moda, the Akronim asks, what would that have done? Isn't there a concept of Kivin Shehigin? I mean, if they already said their testimony, they already signed in the star. so what? They would have been moda if they were here. If they were moda, we would ignore their hoda. So what's from Nachum proving that we should, be, we should believe the machisham, not bifnei the edim, mitam, that if the edim were here, maybe they would have been moda, that being moda wouldn't help. So Maram Schiff writes that even though they're not neman in their hoda, but it's still uh, better than, uh, than, 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 uh, than them being here, being machish, the, uh, the second set of edim, meaning maybe they wouldn't be enamored, but still it, 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 it still tilts you a little bit in the direction that maybe there's more validity to, uh, to what the second set of Edom is saying, if the first set of Edom is trying to be Choser on their original, on their original Edos um, the Shara Mishpat though says no, it's not, it's not an issue of Choser or Magid at all it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, that, that it's only Choser or Magid when there's no one being Machish you, but if you have Hachash uh, de Edom you have two Edom coming being Machish, your original Edos then the Edom are allowed to be Choser that's not called the violation of Kivin Shigit Shuvein Chazer Magid, because now we have Edos that works against them. We have the legitimate Edos that works against them. In that kind of situation, they actually can can go back on the Edos. That's uh, quite a chiddush in the Kivin Shigit Shuvein Chazer Magid that it doesn't depend. It's not internal Kivin Shigit Shuvein Chazer Magid. It depends on the circumstances that are going on around you. That there are other Edim there, but that's what the the Shara Mishpat uh, suggests. Uh, so Rav Nachman says, I don't like any of this. I can't I can't imagine that we would. Uh, have a case of tray tray, and we're gonna and we're gonna collect with this star just because the the second set of Edim were not machish the first set of Edim bifnehem while they were still around. Ella Amr Rav Nachman Rav Nachman says no. You know what it means that that we treat it like a case of tray tray that we treat it like isvay chasha. Not that we're then going to use the star to collect with. No. Ella Amr Rav Nachman uki tray lahadi tray vuki mamona becheskas mare. We put the two edim against the two edim and we treat it like a suffix and we do not go back and rely on the star. We just uh, we put the we, we we keep the chazaka of wherever the money is. And when the brayser says einam on him that the second set of Edom is not believed, it doesn't mean that the first star, as Rashi points out, is a star ma'al yil, the migvi bay, is a good enough star to collect with. It just means we don't tear the star up. You're not going to tear the star up if you're not going to collect with it either. If the other guy is tofes, if the other guy goes and grabs the money, so then, uh, based on the power of the star, we're not going to take the money away from him, because now he's the muhzak. So if he becomes the muhzak, that's good enough. So we're going to keep the star around, but we're not going to collect based on this star, we just keep everything, we keep the money where it is. 
Frecht Tosos Akasha. Rashi just told us that if the guy were to be Tofes, we would let him keep the money because Amotzi Mechaver or Lafaraya, the Kasha Tos says in the third line. Dom Parakam de Bamitzia, one of the more famous Sugis in Shas, because Tos wrote all safer on it, Gabe Suffolk Bechar, Takfu Kohen, Motzi and Osomiyado. Let's say you have an animal that's a Bechar. If you have an animal that's a Bechar, you have to give it to a Kohen. Let's say you have an animal that's a Suffolk Bechar. You don't know if it's a Bechar or not. So it's a Suffolk, we should say Amotzi Mechaver or Lafaraya. The Gemara says, Takfu Kohen. If the Kohen grabs it, if he takes it on his own without, without it being given to him, this Suffolk Bukhar, Motsiyan Osomiyado. We take it away from the Kohen. He had no right to take it. Why? Because Tfisa de Liachar Sveika love Klumhu. To be Tofes after we already had the Suffolk is not, is not called becoming a Muchsak. When we say that a Motsiyan love Raya means whoever was the Muchsak at the time of the Leidas HaSuffolk gets to keep what he's holding on to. So if a guy happened to have the money in his pocket at the time that we, be, we became unsure of the halacha, you get to keep your money in the pocket. But if I had the money in my pocket, and then we're not sure what the halacha is, and then you pickpocket me, it doesn't mean you get to keep the money. I was the muhsuk at the shas leidah sasafik. So how could Rashi say over here that uh, the chazaka means that we keep the shtar around enough that if the guy takes it from the other guy, if the guy steals it from him afterwards, then he gets to keep it. He shouldn't be allowed to keep it. So Tosus points out a little bit later on, and Tosus says, Shlomer, the shiny gabi b'chor, shekohen tofes misafik, the Tfisa doesn't work for the Kohen because the Kohen doesn't know if it's a Bukhar either. So he doesn't become the Muchsak by being Tofes. But if a person comes with the Times Bari and says that I know that it's my money, I know this money is owed to me, and then he's Tofes even though it's after our Leidas HaSafek, we're not sure about it, and therefore halachically we wouldn't award him the money in Beisdin, but since he's coming with the Times Bari, his Tfisa is enough to make him a Muchsak. That's the uh, the Chiddush of Tosos. The next Tosos, uh, Tosos also has a, a different issue. Why, according to Rav Nachman, can we not collect with this star? Meaning, after all, in general, Rav Nachman saying this is a case of trade trades, edus hachasha. And what do we do when we have edus hachasha? So there are two deos in the Gemara Masechus Barbasa. Rav Nachman, the same Rav Nachman, happens to hold that when you have edus hachasha, each one could be Ruven and Shimon testify against Levi and Yehuda. They they contradict each other in their testimony. What about if there's another court case that comes up? So in terms of this court case, Ruven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, they're all thrown out. We're not going to listen to any of them because we don't know what to do. We can't trust any two over the other two. What if another court case comes up and Ruven and Shimon come to testify? So if Nachman says, fine, we have no uh, we, we, we have no knowledge of them being puzzled. We know that there was this hakhasha, but we don't know that they're that they're puzzled. So Zubab Levi and Yehuda want to come testify in a different court case. That's also fine. The other view in the Gemara is Bahadi Sadi Shakri Lamali. What do we need? There's definitely two of these guys are liars. So why would you flip a coin on on a 50-50 chance of having liars come and testify in Basin? Absolutely not. We shouldn't accept them. But of Nachman's sheet is we can accept them for another Edus. So uh, so so Frek Tosos, since he holds each one is Baba Fnatsma Mida, 
Even though each one, according to each one's opinion, the other group should be possible for all Eduyos, we say the same over here. Over here, the second set of Edom is not saying the loan didn't happen. It's not saying Ruven didn't lend Shimon the money. They're just saying that the Edom on the Shtar were Psulim. They're saying, you just not believed about that. Shouldn't we then say, okay, but the actual testimony on the Shtar is something that the first set of Edom should be believed on. Because granted, there's a contradiction between the first set of Edom and the second set of Edom, whether the first set is kosher and whether the second set is kosher. Each of them are uh, contradicting each other, and therefore they would each argue that the others aren't kosher for anything. But good, so let the first set of Edom be believed on something that only they are testifying about, which is that Ruvain lent money to Shimon. The second set of Edom isn't testifying about that at all. It's a sharp kasha. So it says, that the reason that each one could be made in the case in the third paragraph Basra that we allow each set to be made on their own is because each set has their own cheskas kashrus that they always had. We don't know of any psal, they always had a cheskas kashrus, and then we had this one incident where they were makkish each other, so we fall back on the cheskas kashrus. But over here, what the second set of Edom is claiming is that they were at the time, they never had a cheskas kashrus. They were psulim eikara. So if you, it takes away the cheskas kashrus, aval hachashom ketanim ayu, okrovim mishanoldu adatash in the srachku lekalameimro kminu cheskas ayu. We don't say that uh, we're going to establish them on the on the chazaka. The pasliin also mishanoldu vanisum ayu nami machmas nefashos lo shayichluk me a chazaka to a pasliu klal. And you can't say that no, they have a cheskas kashrus if the claim was anusim ayu because if the claim was anusim ayu, I'm not saying that they're possible even now. I'm never saying that. I'm not saying that they are possible. So the cheskas kashos won't even help you. Yeah, you know, they have the cheskas kashos, but they happen to be anusim. So none of the claims that they're saying would the, would the cheskas kashos actually help them for. So that's the shita of Rav Nachman. And the Rav, Nachman, um, Rav Nachman illustrates his shita that we say it's a tray of tray and therefore you just follow the chazaka just like the case of the nechasim of barshatya. The barshatya is of a nechasim. Barshatya is sold some property. Two Adam came to Basin and said he didn't know what he was doing. He was deranged at the time that he sold the property. Two other Adam came and said, no, he was perfectly fine when he sold the property. So Ravashi says, it's two against two. We keep the money in the possession of, uh, of Barshatya. Tosos points out, if it's karka, if it's metal, uh, then we say it's meaning over here the property was already sold, and we're saying, no, give the property back to Barshatya because he was the muhzak in that field. He's the muhzak because property isn't something you hold on to. Muhzak goes by who the marakama is when it comes to property. When it comes to metaltalin, when it comes to uh, not real property, when it comes to metaltalin, to movables, then we assume whoever's currently holding on to it is the muhzak. But this idea that we're going to give the property back to Barshatya is only if we have a cheskas hafase, we have a chazaka that his father was the owner of the property, I mean, this property once did belong to Barshatya. But if we know that this property didn't originally belong to Barshatya, he had bought it and then sold it. So just like we don't know if he was uh, if he was sane when he bought it, uh, when he sold it, we don't know if he was sane when he bought it either. So you can't give the the, the property back to Barshatya. His 
Cheskas Marakama is not going to be enough to take away from the person that he sold it to because his Cheskas Marakama is so weak to begin with. We had said, uh, Rav Sheshis had suggested that since you need Hazama Bifneim, you need to do Achasha Bifneim as well. So Rabbi Yavol says, not true. You can only be Mazamedim Bifneim, but you can be Machrishedim, you can contradict the testimony. Even shalobifnehen, vazama shalobifnehen, nida azama lavi achash miavi. And even if you do azama shalobifnehen, it's not worthless. It's just that you're not going to be able to to, to do the onus of kasher zama. You're not going to be able to to definitively disqualify the first set of edim. But it still counts as edim sachasha when you do azama shalobifnehem. So if you say imano yisam, except the original set of edim isn't there, so then it counts like edim sachasha. Amar mar im yesh edim shaksaviyadim uzal shaksaviyadim yatsim makam achar mishtar. So we started with the Bryce today that said that if we're able to independently verify the edus of the deceased edim that uh, that this is their ksavyad and we're able to verify it from a star that was previously called into question and had to be hulksak and bezin, then we're not going to believe the second set of edim to say that the uh, the fir- that the edim in the star were katanim or psulim or anusim or anything like that. Karalov irer in lo karalov irer lo. Sounds like the whole reason the whole reason we're able to verify based on another star is because that other star was once called into question and had to be mekuyim bebeizdin. But if that other star was never challenged, then it's not a good enough source to uh, to establish this star as a valid star. This is a right Ravasi. Dam Ravasi ain mekayim in a star el mishtar shkaralov irer bebeizdin. We can only verify a star based on another star that has been challenged and, and established to be a valid star. Nardai had a bigger Chumrah that in order to establish a star you needed to have two previous documents to compare the handwriting and say oh yeah this is definitely the handwriting of these Edim or you say you have two Ksubas or two other Sados that the, that the Bailam had uh, for three years and meaning where you know that for sure that they were Mutsuk so you know that, that this really actually belonged to them so that's what you could that you could validate a star based on, and there was no uh, there was no there was no challenge. We know that it actually belonged to those fields belonged to them. Um, so that that that's when you can you can verify a star. The post can discuss if we're allowed to look at handwriting in staros that are already mukuyim. The normal kiyum staros is is edim come and say, yeah, we recognize that handwriting. We know that that's so and so's handwriting. Or the edim we're going to have the mishnah base. The edim themselves come and say, we recognize. I recognize my handwriting. I recognize the other aid's handwriting, so you have Edom testify about it. Over here we're saying something different, that the Bezdin just does a handwriting analysis. No one's uh, recognizing the handwriting. Bezdin's just saying, yeah, it looks the same. I don't know who these people are, what their handwriting normally is, but if that star is Makuyam and that is verified to be their handwriting, then that's their handwriting also. So the post can discuss what about pictures? Can you uh, verify, let's say, the death of a husband to be Matir and Aguna, if there's a picture of a body, and they uh, match up the picture with, uh, with the picture of the, the husband while he was alive. Would that be the same? Say, so bring a raya from this gemara that maybe it would be mutter. There's a discussion whether it, just because it's mutter for hatar it might be mutter for hatar doesn't mean that it would be mutter to rely on it 
for uh, other things. And more modern posts can discuss what about uh, the fact that pictures could be tampered with, and that uh, you know, that meaning it's it's not 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 so uh, so easy to tell uh, when when a picture has been uh, has been tampered with and has been photoshopped or whatever. Some if it's done well. Okay, Amrav Simbarashi and the whole thing of, of relying on other shtaros to verify the veracity of this star is only when the star came from someone else. But if it's the Bala star himself who pulls out another star that says that that also has the same name and says, oh, look at this star, it also has the same names with the same handwriting, that's not going to be good enough. The same way you forge that one, you forge this one too. So ask him, well, wait a second. If we're concerned that maybe he forged it, if it came, why aren't we concerned that even if someone else is holding on to the star, maybe the Balashtar went, saw the other star, was able to get down exactly how that handwriting was, and was able to be Mazayev, this star. A person can't do that. To eyeball someone else's signatures and then go back home and match it exactly, very difficult to do. If you have it right in front of you the whole time and you could practice over and over again and match it up and trace it and whatever, so then maybe you'll be, you, could, you could do it. But now it's not, people aren't going to be able to do this uh, when, by just by seeing someone else's, uh, seeing a star in someone else's possession. Tan Rabbanon, new topic now. If a person knows Eidos, he's allowed to write it down in a star and be made based on what he's written in the star even years later. Rashi understands it's not really a star, it's like, it's like a notebook. He, he, do, he wants to make sure that he doesn't forget. It's like uh, when the police fill out a report when they come to an accident or something, they take notes. Why are they taking notes? When they, when they give a ticket, they, always, they, always, they come with their notes. Why are they taking notes? Because they may not, they may not remember every detail. They give more than one ticket uh, a month, and the, the court case is only once a month. They may not remember every single detail. So they write it down, and that way they rely on their notes to be able to say their testimony, even years later. Amravunavujos says, "Yeah, but that only works if you actually remember it on your own." What do you mean you remember it on your own? Then what's the point of the notes? So Rashi says, You remember the basic edus on your own, and you use the notes to fill in the blanks. But you have to remember at least a little bit on your own. If you remember nothing and you're just completely relying on your notes, then that's a problem. Rabbi Yochanan says, "And Rabbi Yochanan says, no, even if you don't remember it on your on your own, what does that mean? You don't remember." Remember on your own. You don't remember at, at all. You're just reading your notes. Says Rashi. Certainly, says Rashi, it doesn't mean that they don't remember anything even after looking at their notes and all they know is what their notes say. What it means is they didn't remember anything until they looked at their notes. And once they looked at their notes, they said, ah, yeah, I remember that. And then, then it started coming back to them. That's what it means. But it has to be Zohra Me'atzma after a while. Tosos raises the issue in Rabbi Yochanan like Rashi had said and he quotes the Gemara in Yavamas that uh, the Gemara discusses why it is that we don't establish that you have to write a date on the Shtar Kiddushin so one of the suggestions the Gemara says is, is we're afraid of uh, some dishonesty uh, because if, if, it's, if it's kept in the wrong hands so the Gemara suggested so leave it by the Aden. So the Gemara says, If you 
They were concerned that Eidei Kiddushin are going to look at the Shtar, and only by looking at the Shtar are they going to remember their Eidus, and they're going to come and testify, and that's a violation of P.M. Volom Apparently, Gemari Vama says, we don't want a Shtar in the possession of Edim that says they're Edus because we're afraid they're going to see that Shtar and thereby remember their testimony and use that. But over here, we have no problem with it. We're saying, good, let them take notes. And if they remember the testimony by looking at the Shtar, good. So they remember the testimony. Then they can testify. It's not a problem. What's the difference? So Tosa says, it's a big difference between based in giving a star to Adam and saying, here, this is for you, and a person taking personal notes for himself. When you take personal notes for yourself, you know that that's just to help jog your memory. But if Bezin says, here's a star, this is for you, this is for you to keep for your records, you get the impression that you don't really need to remember anything. That Bezin's giving it to you because they're telling you, this is good enough. Whatever you have here is good enough. But if no one ever verified your notes, no one ever told you that your notes are enough to rely on, so you know that your notes are just there to jog your memory. That's the, the understanding of the chilek between the two sogyas that tells Suggests. We see from Rabbi Yochanan that you don't have to remember on your own. You just, it's, it could be just after looking at the star that you remember that Hani betrayed mitkar That if you have two Aiden that, that saw a testimony and one of them forgot it, the other one is a letter of mind. One of them is a letter of mind. The other. But what if the Baldin himself wants to remind him? He says, don't you remember when this guy took the money from me and now he owes me all the money? Oh yeah, now you remember, right? Is he allowed to, is he allowed to remind him or can it only be the other, the other aid? Rav Chaviva says, yes, even the Baldin himself could be the reminder. Marbury says, no, because he could frame it in such a way where he could, he could change the detail. I mean, the guy might remember, but if, you, if you're no Gea the whole way it's framed is going to be a problem. We pass it that you don't uh, you don't believe you don't believe Atzma. He can't be believed. But but if he's a Tzorba Merabanan, then Afilu Atzmo, then you could trust even the Baldin. If who's a Tzorba Merabanan, then you could trust the uh, the Baldin himself. So Rashi writes, Vitzor Merabanan who ha'aid, then Afilu la Atzmo shal Baldin, the Tzorba Merabanan, he loved the Kirami Anafshe Midkar Shapir, love a Samach Asveka, Lamekam Vasude. The Rashi says, if the aid is a Tzorba Merabanan, he's going to be honest enough to only say what he genuinely remembers, and he's not going to feel pressure by the Baldin who's saying, no, don't you remember, don't you remember? He'll say, no, I don't remember if he happens to not remember. So he'll only say exactly like he remembers. The Rambam the, seems to say otherwise. The Rambam writes, Lefiha chimaya hatoveya Talmud Chacham. V'hizkar ha-toveya zeyas ha-eid v'nizkar ha-reza That if the toveya is the Talmud Chacham and he does the reminding, then you're allowed to testify because the Talmud Chacham knows that if he doesn't, uh, that if the aid doesn't remember, he's not going to be made anyway. So the Talmud Chacham is only going to remind him of that which is actually true. The, uh, the, the, the Ritva quotes this from Yesh Mepharshim as well, and he says that, but the Ritva says that Rashi's Pshat is more correct because even though the Baldavar is a Tzum Rabbanan, it's not going to help 
for the aid to remember. I mean, the fact that the, the if the the aid is from Rabbanu makes sense that he'll be more honest about exactly what he remembers. But uh, the fact that the uh, Baldavers is from Rabbanu doesn't help in terms of in terms of the aid. So that's uh, but he's, uh, that, that's that's what the uh, the Ritva suggests that he prefers Rashi's pshat. Kiyad Ravashi, the Gemara tells a story that illustrates this idea of the Torah Rabbanon. Kiyad Ravashi, have a idea of the Rav Kahana. Ravashi happened to have known some Eidos for Rav Kahana. Amalei, mi dokimar, hai sadusas, Rav Kahana said to Ravashi, you remember the Eidos about me? Amalei, lo, Ravashi said, I have no recollection. Velav hachi vachi hava, don't you remember this, how it was? Amalei, lo, yadana, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't remember any of it. Then l'sof, itka Ravashi, and asidlei. In the end, Ravashi did remember, and he came and he testified. So he saw Rav Kahana was a little perturbed by this. He was wondering, what are you doing? You just told me you don't remember, and now you're testifying. Well, what happened over here? He says, no, I'm not relying on you. I actually did not remember anything you told me. I'm relying on uh, my own memory. It happened to be that uh, later on, I remembered what, uh, what I said. In Nagos Hashri, he says that, yeah, that, that you have to say that Ravashi didn't say that he didn't remember in front of Bezdin. He must have said that outside Side of Basin, because if he said Bifne Basin that I don't remember, then it would be a violation given You can't say I don't remember and then come back and say, Remember, you have to work on your memory first before you ever show up to Basin. That's what that goes to Sri Rats. So the Mordechai proves from here that no, if you say you don't remember, it's not a violation of Kivin Shigiv. Not remembering doesn't mean that you're saying Eidos that you don't remember. You're saying I don't have it's the absence of Eidos. It's not Eidos that you don't remember, and therefore it would not be a violation of Kivin Shigiv to Bainakazaramagid. Mishnah said, Hatalul Yosakrovos, Bainli Irabemaderach. If you have a, the only reason we're going to quote this whole Mishnah, it's all about Tumantara, but it's a, we're, we're using this Mishnah to show us how much after an event people might still remember Eidos. So if you have mounds of dirt, that are whether they're that, that are near something, whether they're near to the city or near to the road. Whether these are new mounds of dirt or old mounds of dirt, tameos. We assume that there's tuma in them. We assume that people might have buried something that's metame in these mounds of dirt. Harakokos, but if they're if they're distant, chadashos taros. Then if they're new, they're tahar. But yishanos tameos. If they're old, then we assume that they're tame. We assume we must have forgotten about something that was once buried there. Ezoi Krova, how do we define what's called Karov? Chamishamama, anything within 50 Amos is considered to be close. Vezui Shana, what's considered old? Shishim Shana, Divra Meir. Meir old, old is 60 years. Rabbi Yudomer Krova, Shein Krova Emena. Now, Krova means that there's nothing closer. Yishana, Shein Adam Zochra. Old means that no one remembers it anymore. It doesn't have to be 60 years. It could be a year and no one remembers it. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's old. Or it could be uh, that 60 years and people do remember it. 65 years and people do remember. Then it's not called old. My ear umay derech. What do we mean that it's karov to a city and karov to a derech? That, that's, that's what we said. That if it happens, and the mission said, that if it happens to be krovos, whether it's karov to the ear or the derech, it's going to be tameh. Ilemi ear, ear, mamish, derech, derech, mamish. If it just means a regular city, a regular road, any uh, mounds of dirt that we find near any city or any road, 
Out of such a suffix, we would say any amount of dirt near any city or any road in Eretz Yisrael is Tameh. They worked very hard to be Metair Eretz Yisrael. They, they didn't want, they would do whatever they could to be Metair Eretz Yisrael. So out of such a suffix, they're going to they're, they're gonna, they're gonna say that something, that something is Tameh, meaning Lechora, uh, one could have asked, what do you even need this for? Just say Suffolk Tumor Shazam Tahar. Right? The, uh, the, the Rishonim asked the, the, the question that that's, that's always the call. Suffolk Tumor Shazam is Tahar. So the Tlulios, the Chor, and Shazam. So why do we need to say Elah, the, the, that they did this thing in order to, uh, to fetch out whatever heta they can to make things to be metar, these mounds of dirt that were not near a Beisak Varos? So uh, anyway, we could have said Suffolk Tumor Shazam is Tahar. So some of the Achorim suggest you only say this, this uh, uh, you don't say the Klaus when it's mistaver that someone would bury a dead body there, meaning when it's a place that's ripe for burial. You only say savituma when it's a random place. It's it's part of it. It's not a place that anyone would think is particularly appropriate for burial. But mounds of dirt is apparently a place that that would be uh, normal to bury something to bury something in. So since it's, that's like a, there's a chazaka almost that there's uh, that there that it's bound to have tuma there. So that's why they had to work hard in order to be matar. But bottom line is out of a suffix any that's near any city or any path, there's no way that we're going to be metame that. So Amr Abizair, Abizair says that's not what ear and darach means. Ear means ira smukal besakvaros. Ear means an ear that's close to a besakvaros. Derech, derech besakvaros. And derech means the path of the besakvaros. Bishla means the path that I guess leads toward the, uh, the besakvaros. Bishlam and Derech Besakvaros to Zimn de Misrami Benashmashos Umikru Kavru Betel. I understand very well when it's a, a path that leads toward the Besakvaros. I could see why someone might end up burying something there because it could be you're headed to the Besakvaros to bury something and then it became Benashmash, got dark and no one ever wanted to hang out in cemeteries at night. That's a simon of a shota, someone who's a Lambe Besakvaros. You don't want to be hanging out in the Besakvaros at night. Crazy people do that. So, and it's dangerous. So, you, uh, so you, you, you just bury wherever you are. But a city that's near a Besakvaros, why would they bury by the city? They would just go to the Besakvaros. If that city has a Besakvaros, of course they would just go to the cemetery. Why are we concerned all of a sudden that mounds in that city are going to be Tameh? That since women bury their fetuses, and Mukeshchin, who lose limbs, who have limbs amputated, bury their limbs, we assume up until 50 amos, a person will go on their own. If it's within 50 amos of the city, they'll travel on their own to go do the burial uh, and not, not go all the way to the basic pharaoh, certainly. But once you're going more than 50 amos, well, then you would have you would bring someone along with you. You wouldn't travel alone anyway. And once you're not traveling alone, you might as well just go all the way to the Beisach Faros. And we assume that they'll go all the way to the Beisach Faros and bury the limbs and bury the fetuses. Therefore, we're not machzik tumen other than those 50 amos near the city. But what we see from Meir, and the reason we're quoting this whole thing is that people remember testimony up until 60 years, but not more than 60 years, because that's what we said, that the definition of old is 60 years. No, you can't, you can't tell us about Eidos uh, from, from a situation of what was buried where. People don't 
view it as their responsibility to remember what was buried where. At the time that something or someone is buried, everyone is around and everyone knows about it, so no one takes it as their personal responsibility to know this. But if you happen to see Ruvay lent money to Shimon, you happen to see a Hezek, you happen to see a murder, you know that it's your responsibility to remember the Eidos. So if it's your, if, if you were made as an aid on something, you were appointed as an aid, so then even much more than that, even more than 60 years later, we have the right to assume that you'll remember your Eidos. Now there's a lot of discussion over here in the Postkin. It's interesting, the Gemara says about the Muke Shechin that are burying their Zerosayim, that are burying their arms. What about a limb of a person? Is there a Chiv Kvura on a limb of a person? A good friend of mine just recently had an emergency append- appendectomy. So he, after a few days later, he said to me, you know, I just realized I never. I don't know where my appendix is right now. Meaning, maybe I should have seen to it that there be a kavura on the uh, the appendix. Does one have an obligation to bury things that come out of the body? To bury a limb? Over here, it sounds like the mukeshchin took the limb, and they they would have to bury the limb. So there's a chuvah in the the Madur Tinyana Yodes from Reish Tess, where he was asked not exactly that shyly. He was asked about a kohen who lost a leg. And it has basur gidin vatsamos. It's a full, a full limb in a way that it would certainly be metame. And the kohen wants to keep the leg in order to lodiat saro berabin, like uh, Rabbi Yochanan who would carry around the bone of his uh, of his of his of his tenth child that, that died or eleventh, whatever. So uh, so 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 uh, he wanted to carry around this limb. Hopefully, people have rachmanus on him. People give him money. <coughs> so he wanted to know if he's allowed to do that. So the Buddha first brings many rayas that kohanim are musar even on tum of their own limbs, it's not just other people's limbs so if a Kohen's uh, limb gets, uh, gets cut off, he's not allowed to go in the same room as his limb but he says that it's a Dabra Pasha, that Avram and Achai, there's no mitzvah of Kvura, and the fact that we bury these limbs is only Lahatzl Minatuma. Since they're Metame, so we bury them. But it's not a mitzvah's Kvura that we have, it's just in general to be Matzil from, uh, from Tuma. So uh, this, is, uh, this is discussed by a lot of Poskim. The Chuvashvus Yaakov was asked about a person who was born with a, with a problem with his leg and they had to cut off his leg and they wanted to know if they have to, if they have to bury if they're mechiv to bury it and he says based on the Gemara Sanhedrin he says what's the reason for Kvura in the first place so the Gemara Sanhedrin Zayin discusses is it Mishum Kapara or Mishum Bizayon that the Kvura itself is a Kapara for the deceased or that it's a Bizayon to leave the mace unburied so he says if it's for Kapara then it's Vada not Shaykh person's still alive what do you mean Kapara to bury it it's a Kapara for, for a mace it's not a Kapara for a guy is still alive. And therefore, if it's Mishum Bizayon, it's not an issue either. But he doesn't really explain. Why is it an issue of Mishum Bizayon? One would imagine that it is a Bizayon, that a person's limb is not, it remains unburied. So, uh, so the Yachronim point out that probably what the Shus Yaakov meant is that if it would be Shaykh, for, if it would be a Bizayon, but would not be a Kapara, then when the Gemara raises the question in Sanhedrin, Lamay Nafkamina, whether it's Mishum Kapara, Mishum Bizayon, right? what's the Nafkamina if it's one or the other? So then the, the Gemara should have said the Nafkamina is a limb from a live body. Elamai, the Gemara must have been assuming that it's not the same Bizayon, that it's not as much of a Bizayon to have a single limb that's, uh, that's unburied as much as it is uh, to, have, uh, to have a body that remains unburied. So there's a major discussion in the, in the Akronim. The Yad Melech says that there is a Chiv Kura in Avram Menachai. I think Rav holds that way as well, that we have to, we, we're supposed to be cover in Avram Menachai. Um, and there's a, there's a tshuva in the Ebony Israel about a Nifteres that was brought from, uh, from America and they buried without legs and they buried her. 
and then the next day the legs came in. So they wanted to know should they uh, should they open up the kever? Do you do do, do you, do you uh, open up the kever in order to bury the limbs together with the body? So he he's, he says we, we, when do we do likurat samos? We do likurat samos to move a body for two reasons: either to bring someone to kever Eretz Yisrael, you know, to bring him from or to bring him to kivrei avosav. So he says I would think this is at least as good as kivrei avosav for the legs to be brought next to that. That's what he suggests. That's an interesting suggestion. We'll pick up at the Mishnah tomorrow. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah.